Section 36 of Not That It Matters by A. A. Milne. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Happiest Half Hours of Life. Yesterday I should have gone back to school had I been a hundred years younger. My most frequent dream nowadays, or now a night's, I suppose I should say, is that I am back at school and trying to construe difficult passages from Greek authors unknown to me. That they are unknown is my own fault, as will be pointed out to me sternly in a moment. Meanwhile, I stand up and gaze blankly at the text, wondering how it is that I can have forgotten to prepare it. Er, him, the, er, him, the, the, er, many wild Odysseus, er, then him addressing the many wild Odysseus, er, addressed, er, er, the, er, and then, sweet relief, I wake up. That is one of my dreams, and another is that I am trying to collect my books for the next school, and that an algebra, or whatever you like, is missing. The bell has rung, as it seems, hours ago. I am searching my shelves desperately. I am diving under my table, behind the chair. I shall be late. I shall be late. 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 No doubt I had these bad moments in real life a hundred years ago. Indeed, I must have had them pretty often that they should come back to me so regularly now. But it is curious that I should never dream that I am going back to school, for the misery of going back must have left a deeper mark on my mind than all the little accidental troubles of life when there. I was very happy at school, but, oh, the utter wretchedness of the last day of the holidays! One began to be apprehensive on the Monday. Foolish visitors would say sometimes on the Monday, When are you going back to school? And make one long to kick them for their tactlessness. As well might they have said to a condemned criminal, When are you going to be hanged? Or, what kind of er not do you think they'll use throughout monday and tuesday we played the usual games amused ourselves in the usual way but with heavy hearts in the excitement of the moment we would forget and be happy and then suddenly would come the thought we're going back on wednesday and on Tuesday evening we would bring a moment's comfort to ourselves by imagining that we were not going back on the morrow. Our favorite dream was that the school was burnt down early on Wednesday morning, and that a telegram arrived at breakfast apologizing for the occurrence and pointing out that it would be several months before even temporary accommodation could be erected. No vandal destroyed historic buildings so light-heartedly as we. And on Tuesday night we prayed that, if the lightnings of heaven failed us, at least a pestilence should be sent in aid. Somehow, somehow, let the school be uninhabitable. But the telegram never came. 
we woke on Wednesday morning as wakes the murderer on his last day. We took a dog or two for a walk. We pretended to play a game of croquet. After lunch we donned the badges of our servitude. The comfortable, careless, dirty flannels were taken off, and the black coats and stiff white collars put on. At three-thirty an early tea was ready for us, something rather special, a last mockery of holiday. Dressed crab, I remember, on one occasion, and I travelled with my back to the engine after it, a position I have never dared to assume since. Then good-byes, tips, kisses, a last look, and— the four-ten was puffing out of the station, and nothing, nothing had happened. I can remember thinking in the train how unfair it all was. Fifty-two weeks in the year, I said to myself, and only fifteen of them spent at home, a child snatched from his mother at nine, and never again given back to her for more than two months at a time. "'Is this Russia?' I said." and, getting no answer, could only comfort myself with the thought, This day twelve weeks. And once the incredible did happen, it was through no intervention of Providence. No, it was entirely our own doing. We got near some measles, and for a fortnight we were kept in quarantine. I can say truthfully that we never spent a duller two weeks. There seemed to be nothing to do at all. The idea that we were working had been fostered by our remaining shut up in one room most of the day, and within the limits of that room we found very little in the way of amusement. We were bored extremely, and always we carried with us the thought of Smith or Robinson taking our place in the junior house team and making hundreds of runs, because, of course, we were very happy at school, really. The trouble was that we were so much happier in the holidays. I have had many glorious moments since I left school, but I have no doubt as to what have been the happiest half-hours in my life. They were the half-hours on the last day of term before we started home. We spent them on a lunch of our own ordering, it was the first decent meal we had had for weeks, and when it was over there were all the holidays before us. Life may have better half-hours than that to offer, but I have not met them. End of section 36